We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Tuesday, November 15th edition of the Birdwire Football or Birdwire Fantasy Football Podcast. Joe and Jake, can you set for some waiver wire pickups? Stick around. Obviously, we'll hit the break here and uh, get things underway. Welcome again to the Tuesday, November 15th edition of the Rotowire Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by No House Advantage. I'm Joe Barlick, family of JB Fantasy Sports. As always, in office now this time, uh, with me is Roto Jake at Roto Jake. We're getting you set for week, boy, is it 11 now of the waiver wire pickups? Kind of insane. We've hit that point of the season. Still, of course, teams on by. We're going to discuss the Monday Night Football game. The Commanders pull off the upset. No longer undefeated teams. We had to do that cliche, uh, 72 Dolphins pop the champagne bottle uh, BS. Great. Can't wait to discuss that more. And finally, positive Packer news. This is fantastic, right? Christian Watson, uh, thank you, Rudy Ford, for actually playing free safety. Darnell Sandwich has no idea what to do. Lots more to cover here. Before we do that, though, let's get word for our sponsor, Snow House Advantage. Snow House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Playing in pickup contests versus other people for a shot at winning big cash prizes. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars every week. You can also test your house, or sorry, skills versus the house, and 20x your entry if you hit all of your uh, picks bet on up to five player props props, over-unders, or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now with your promo code NHWIRE, that's N-H-A-W-I-R-E at No House Advantage, or download the app on the App Store to get a first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. And Jake, didn't miss out on going to the Packer game, you lucky bum. You were, you made the correct call and actually went to the game. Yeah, I know. With how things have been going, I was very tempted to put those tickets right back on the marketplace. And uh, unfortunately enough, a lot of Packers fans did just that. The Cowboys had an excellent showing here, but they all showed up to be disappointed. So uh, a <laughs> uh, hell of a game by, uh, you know, Rodgers and company. It's nice to beat Mike McCarthy and his return back. And, um, yeah, I mean, hey, it, it's, it was as good of a week as I could have act, asked for. Uh, I've caught up on as much football as I can since then. It always gets tough to uh, – you know, not be watching the red zone, making the live for, or making the drive from Madison up to Lambeau here. But uh, there's snow on the ground here in Wisconsin today. It is football weather. The fantasy playoffs are fast approaching, and hopefully, we've got a lot of good intel to share with you guys this so, week. So, Jake, this doesn't happen very often. We actually have live news happening at the moment. So, I want to talk about this, and we'll actually jump right into what is probably going to be a popular wave wire discussion at wide receiver. So, it was just announced Cooper Cup. Placed an injured reserve with a high ankle sprain. Obviously, we'll miss Ooh. the next four weeks of the season. That means, for the most part, he is out for your fantasy playoffs. Now, we can have this discussion. Do you trade for Cooper Cup with the idea that you can use him? I'm sorry. He's out for the rest of the regular season. He'll be available possibly for the fantasy playoffs. We'll have that discussion. But with the news breaking that Cooper Cup is basically done for the fantasy regular season and placed an injured reserve, what's your thoughts on Allen Robinson, who is available in Stake League? And I have some money that I'm willing to just dole out for a possible fantasy wide receiver. Yeah. I mean, well, you, when you're playing from behind, I guess, you know, you gotta, this is a bit everything on Allen Robinson, but for the most part, uh, 62% rostered, he's not going to be out there for, you know, I know a lot of the, that number is high because there's a lot of dead teams, right. That drafted him at a reasonable draft spot and then have just like hung on to them just by not managing their right. team. So, uh, you know, that's the reason that number is high and he may have a little more availability in, in your more active leagues here. But, um, 
I don't know. I think I might be looking to Van Jefferson, who scored a touchdown this week. I put a highlight. I put a little a segment on him in our wide receiver area. I mean, even Ben Scarona could be uh, could be viable here in this offense and of course Higby probably gets a boost too I mean that's 15 20 targets a game to go around I mean he was on pace to be one of the top targeted receivers here so um I mean there's some downside for the overall offense I mean there's no running game to speak of they still can't really protect Stafford so uh you know we'll have to see how that goes but plays right yeah we had Wolford right whatever his name yeah exactly wasn't it just a concussion if I remember correctly yeah, 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 which so, a midweek concussion. I don't know what the Rams were doing at practice that they were uh, beating up on Stafford to that extent, but yeah, midweek <laughs> yeah. concussion. For I can just picture uh, a coach reaction to drilling a guy in a red shirt because I've seen that before a couple times, and uh, it is not pretty. But um, <laughs> <laughs> you've seen that a couple times. Yeah, you know, you've been at the Rams practice and are just watching Stafford get beat. I'm up just talking like way back in my day, some meatheads not paying attention to what they're doing and they smoked the quarterback. You know, you're getting pulled up by the collar and tossed out of practice. But I have no idea what happens. You know, I guess, you know, we can we can picture all these different kinds of scenarios as to how that happened or who knows maybe it's like a weird fluke injury like he slipped in the shower or something or like k-rod stepping on a cactus in spring training i'll never forget that the suitcase in the foot too yeah yeah exactly there's so many uh so many freak things that could probably happen that aren't getting reported but yeah we can speculate on that all we want but um Wow, that is a crazy uh, big injury that changes the wide receiver landscape quite a bit here. Um, you want to touch on Monday Night Football before we uh, get into the say, meat well, and potatoes? I, I want to keep doing our regular thing, but when we have breaking news to this level that happens just now with, again, Cooper Cup mm-hmm. placed an injury reserve likely done for the fantasy regular season. Fantasy regular season, not regular season total. Oh, possibly. I don't know. If the Rams are out of playoff contention, do you really bring back your uh, MVP? He's having surgery. Right? The, I just got an alert on my oh, phone surgery. that he's having okay, there surgery. there you go. I mean, that, so, that I mean, might be it. I don't think there is – a trade for Cooper Cup angle here. You don't really want to give up anything for someone you might not see, you know, yeah. for dead weight. Especially when it comes to an ankle injury like that. I agree with you. It's I, I will just say this again. We are disciples of the Mario Puig uh, programming, and, <laughs> and Mario has been saying, really since the beginning of the season, if the Rams are going to continue to use Cooper Cup the way they did last year, but also even more so this year, something bad was going to happen. I mean, that guy is essentially no, uh, Notre Dameus because, that, I mean, that that is about as, as clear of a call as you can have. Uh, with that, again, Cooper Cup on injured reserve, having surgery on his ankle for high ankle sprain, likely mm-hmm. done for the season if that is the case. Okay, Monday Night Football. I mean, we had an upset. Commanders end up winning. I had so many friends chastising me because I said Commanders uh, plus 11 was a dumb bet. There's no way the Commanders are going to do well. They're a bad football team. The Eagles are a good football team. And, uh, yep, once again, NFL season kicks me in the butt because that was absolutely incorrect. Eagles at home. Philly fans never change. They uh, they boo the Eagles off the field. They're undefeated 8-0 Eagles off the field at halftime there. So, you know, way to go, Philly. But, uh, you know, it was it was looking like this almost from front to back. I mean, the first half I wrote a note here saw the most lopsided time of possession against an Eagles team in over 20 years. Wow. And, um and then, of course, Joey Sly comes out, has a crazy game, a 58-yard bomb, later kicks a 54-yarder. I mean, this was just the commanders uh, through and through. I mean, one way you see – you talk about this with, uh, you know, the Bills and the Chiefs, but the one way to combat those high-powered offenses is to just hang on to the football and have really, really long drives. Don't allow them to get into any rhythm. And then maybe if you get a three and out, uh, like which is exactly what happened when the Eagles got the ball back to try to just score there at the end of the first half um, – you end up with these lopsided time of possessions, and, and it works out. The other thing, of course, uh, was the four turnovers by the Eagles. Now, I do want to note that if you didn't watch that game, I would say none of those four were the fault of Jalen Hurts, despite uh, what he was credited with. One was a fumble, fluky thing at the end of the game. They scored a touchdown on the last play when the Eagles were laterally it everywhere. Um, two of them were, or at least one of them, or actually I believe two of them, were receivers that caught passes, took a couple steps, Fumbled the football. Uh, Quez Watkins had a very, um, it was was a bad one. It was a good catch and then just kind of. It was a great catch. So, I mean, you know, Jalen Hurts comes out. He he makes the right read. He he hits Quez Watkins. And they're about to have the ball down three in the Washington, or down six in the Washington red zone, or, you know, on the opposite side of the field. They're about to go ahead and win that game. Watkins takes a couple steps. He fumbles the football. You can't pin that on Hurts. And then the other. uh, It's Dallas Goddard's uh, face mask, not face mask. Yes. One was Dallas Goddard's non-called face mask. So, you know, even if the face mask wasn't in play, it was still Goddard that fumbled the ball. But again, I don't want to dog Goddard too much because, uh, um, 
you know, because of uh, the, the circumstances there. And by the way, Dallas Goddard out indefinitely due to a shoulder injury. That oh, was eight minutes. That okay. was eight minutes ago. So we're just having wow, uh, breaking news. Yeah, left so we're right. just having breaking news. So I'm gonna have to look at that Eagles tight end snap chart to see uh, what is going on over there and, and and what we can have what 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 will happen here. But anyway, and then the other one, the one hurts interception. He threw a perfect ball to AJ Brown. Absolutely perfect ball that was essentially deflected off of uh Brown's forearm into the lap of the defender. So Incredible. I, yeah, so I mean I won't dog Jalen Hurts at all for this loss. He actually despite those bad breaks had his team in position to win the game. Had a good fantasy day. Who didn't have a good fantasy day was AJ Brown. Now he got he left the game early. He was banged up. He eventually came back out there but only four targets. You can tell there that uh you know nothing's it's not quite the same there. So uh Devonta Smith got the touchdown yep. uh, later in the contest as well too. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean I was going to say as a Packers fan we can't complain about poor officiating with the Dallas Goddard fumble because obviously the pass interference non-call was a big reason why the Packers did end up beating the Cowboys. I was surprised. I mean, it feels like, and I've been discussing this on, on different platforms, and maybe you've overheard too, Jake. Mm-hmm. The, the officiating has been a, a big issue this entire season. I think it's also kind of affected. Uh, what It has made games closer than possibly should be. Now also just bad football across both teams has made that a reality mm-hmm. too. Uh, but I, it is disappointing to see that again on the national stage. That I mean, you, you can't. You watched that live. It was very clear. Uh, yeah. Nice I, I mean, stuff like this makes people want to call for, you know, instant, more instant replay, four 15-yard penalties. And, you know, we saw how well that worked with pass interference here. This one, I mean, obviously is the prime example of one that would get overturned by that. But I'm not such a huge fan of uh, taking all those personal fouls to review. So I don't know if that's necessarily the solution. In the, and I believe the refs kind of corrected themselves a little bit with a makeup call uh, for the Eagles later in the game that extended a drive. But um um, and then it was it was a uh, it was a illegal man downfield or you know there was there's something they, they had a small penalty on the punt too which ended up uh, running the clock down to the two minute warning and costing yeah. the Eagles another possession too so uh, you know some of that is uh, you know mental mistakes that can't be um, you know that you know that you can't you can't explain away necessarily um, we do have to talk about the Washington side scary Terry mm-hmm. um, was actually scary. Yeah, he was actually scary, and he continues to be scary. Um, you know, eight for 128 yards, no no touchdowns, but a, uh, far and away a team high, 11 targets. He's the most effective option. Him and Taylor Heineke have that kind of chemistry. I saw on Reddit that Terry McLaurin in his career averages 90 yards per game against all bird teams. So, um, you know, keep that in mind for when he plays the of Falcons course. or anything like that later on. Yeah, just throwing that out there. You know, this is what you get surfing Reddit. Um, and then what else do we have here? You know, you got, you got to look at the Washington running back split here. Clearly, um, what's his name? We're going to call him Bulletproof Brian now. Uh, Brian Robinson is the uh, lead back. And, um, you know, not, not running for a ton of yards per carry, but the way this offense is designed, uh, he's going to take a lot of that volume. And he did have a a pretty good heady vision play at the goal line when he was getting uh, tackled, backed up, and just kind of reached the ball over, knew exactly where he was on the field. So I'll give him credit for that kind of thing. Obviously, I still believe that Antonio Gibson is better. He survived a slight injury scare in the first half. Both of them found the end zone in this one, and uh, of course it was Gibson who ends up with three passes, whereas Robinson didn't get targeted at all. So they both have their roles. They both have mild fantasy productivity uh, as long as this offense continues to run. And while this offense continues to run, there is absolutely no way they can go back to Carson Wentz, correct? No, I I completely agree with you. He's eligible to return this upcoming week. You mentioned Terry McLaurin actually looking scary with him. I think Carson Wentz also with his turnover capabilities. Not that Heineke can't, right? He had that bad interception uh, in this game as well, too, and has, I mean, really cost them the game against the Vikings the week before with another bad interception. There's some, I don't know, we've seen it now for, I would say, almost a year across multiple seasons, but Heineke is a, he's a okay quarterback. He's not a great quarterback by any mm-hmm. means. I don't think he's even top 15. But you look at some of these other ones, like Kenny Pickett and everyone else that has been struggling, I think Taylor Heineke is a better quarterback than Carson Wentz easily and should be the starter for the rest of the way. The commanders have been winning with Taylor Heineke, or at least being competitive, and you can't say the same thing for Carson Wentz. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I 100% agree. This is this should be Taylor Heineke's team moving out. I mean, the NFC East, every single team is 500 or better, and I believe the commanders are about a half game uh, within the wild card at this point. You can't derail that momentum right now. So Heineke's the man for the foreseeable future. All right. Uh, week 11, obviously three buys, actually two big 
crucial ones when it comes to the Dolphins and Buccaneers. Buccaneers got that win in Germany, seem to be a little bit back more on track. Uh, and even Jaguars with Travis Etienne and Christian Kirk have had some fantasy value too. So obviously some people we're going to have to figure out uh, and, and kind of sort through. And from a quarterback perspective, you also have, <clears throat> I guess, did we miss one? Somebody said they have Geno Smith on by as well too. So that'd be the, the, the Seahawks are, there's actually a fourth team. The Seahawks are also on by. I miss that. Too. Whatever I'm Googling, it's not, uh, <clears throat> it's not reliable. Anyway. No, that's, that's fine. So Jaguars, Dolphins, Buccaneers, Seahawks, Kenneth Walker add to that mix as well too, teams or players that are, fantasy relevant so last week cover boy justin fields at this point is going to be the cover boy in our magazine next year because he has been fantastic <laughs> that of course would mean we've officially cursed him which would be great as packer fans we'd love that mm-hmm. uh but justin fields yeah. continues to i'm actually insane. all for putting him on our magazine next year you know as long as we <laughs> yeah. do the magazine justin fields is the cover boy it's probably been i mean how long has it been since a bear's been on there i can look at our wall of yeah, magazines Forte, outside that would be the only uh, shot right yeah that would probably be the only fantasy shot yeah i guess so wow um fields continues to dominate setting records left and right we had daniel jones as a streaming candidate last week didn't really work out all that well and then the case keenum uh baker mayfield situation and neither have been fantastic as sean watson also in the equation too so we had the surprise start this week of matt ryan returning the starting lineup you and i both discussed it when they had made that uh announcement a couple weeks ago there was no way Sam Ellinger was actually going to be your starting quarterback for the entire year. Lo and mm-hmm. behold, Jeff Saturday, actually no, Jeff Sunday, because he's winning, uh, goes <laughs> ahead and puts the correct quarterback in there. And lo and behold, Colts offense looks good. Jonathan Taylor setting also Kurt Paris Campbell. Fantastic outing as well to Alec Pierce. Uh, ruined my parlay, but it's fine. So Matt Ryan, interesting name that we have to consider as well, too. Among the Taylor Heineke's of the world, Matt Ryan might be an interesting starting candidate. What do you think about uh, him this week if you're missing your quarterback? Yeah, we'll see if he's revitalized at all. I mean, you know, a pretty a modest passing, nine twenty or line 21 for 28, 222. Uh, four rushes for 38 yards and a score on the ground is what uh, is what really interests me here. I mean, I don't know if I'm going to stream him. You could pick him back up in two quarterback leagues. I don't see why they would go back, you know, at this point after he comes out there and he gets a win and, you know, Saturday maybe wants to be the coach there long-term and is uh, going to go ahead and uh, use the guy that gives him the best chance to win. But Philly is next up. That's really not a viable streaming option. Even, you know, you'd have to be really hard-pressed in two quarterback leagues to be uh, throwing him out there. Uh, but then it gets a little better. Pittsburgh's 27. So, so, so sure, all right. Matt Ryan is what he is. But there is only, um, you know, outside of Pittsburgh and maybe Minnesota in Week 15. The Colts have a late bye, Week 14. Keep that in mind. Um, but outside of week 15 and week 12, those are the only ones where he's really a viable streamer for me. So definitely not a lot of love in redraft, you know, single quarterback leagues and, and same in any kind of, uh, you know, in any two quarterback league, he's on the fringe, but of course this is because of the nature of two quarterbacks will have to get picked up. Uh, mentioning the two quarterbacks as well, too, you have Baker Mayfield set to start with P.J. Walker out with a high ankle sprain, probably mm-hmm. should have been benched last week anyway. And then you have Colt McCoy possibly again playing in for Kyler Murray, who did not play against the Rams this week with a hamstring injury. In the case of Colt McCoy, I'm, I'm not particularly interested, even if it's Kyler or Colt. I don't, I don't really yeah, yeah, against much. San Francisco in Mexico City. Who right. knows what the heck's going on? The you know, who knows? Maybe the ele- elevation will slow down the defenses a little bit. You know, I I, 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 guess, I guess we'll have to see. I mean, you know, being a, being a UFC guy myself, I uh, – you know, I can think of how fighters have to prepare differently for Mexico City, which mm-hmm. is higher than Seven, Colorado. 7,000. Yeah. Uh, and I think Colorado is like 3,500, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So, like, do you think like double that? Yeah. I was actually just reading on Reddit about that mm-hmm. uh, elevation thing. So, there's an NBA uh, situation where there's possibly a team going to Mexico City. Anyway, uh, yeah, elevation kind of an interesting factor in that. Baker Mayfield's a little bit more interesting from a just overall streaming perspective. Again, like the going in for PJ Walker yeah. at the quarterback four. And Baltimore yeah. statistically isn't that great against the posting quarterback. Just had so many secondary members hurt, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. that that's part exactly. of this too. Um, overall, weeks, week 11 streaming candidates, you have Mariota going into the Bears. Bears defense without Roquan Smith has been a little bit more toothless. Uh, mm-hmm. Jacoby Brissett against the Bills. Andy Dalton or Jameis Winston, right? We've we've heard reports that the Saints could be considering quarterback chains. Mac, Mac Jones against the Jets. Tannehill Thursday night against the Packers. That's one I like quite a mm-hmm. bit, although this is, I think, in Lambeau, right? No, it's this is in Tennessee. I'm pretty sure. This, this oh, game. I thought this was at Lambo. I, uh, I, I might have messed that I'm, up. I'm, I'm blanking. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely at Lambo. My okay. friend, my friend won Tennessee tickets in her lottery. They oh, can be, look, there they you do go. these little okay. lotteries where you can win, you know, a game each season. It's like a season ticket light thing. But T- yeah. Taylor Heineke against the Texans, interesting too. We also have a question, and I've seen this in a few leagues as well too. Do you consider Russell Wilson, who if he was dropped in the, enough leagues as well too? Uh, I think they are going against. Let me just pull up to make sure. Um, without possibly yeah. Jerry Judy, Russell Wilson can be going against mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the Raiders. Raiders. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 
Sure, you could consider Russell Wilson against the Raiders. That would be fine. He's 67% rostered, so he didn't really get on our radar here. But, I mean, if you look at the stream, guys, I'm going to recommend. I mean, Mariota is always possible, you know, out there to have a decent game. He's only 37% rostered. I'd probably take Russell Wilson over him. The other streaming guy I highlighted, because the list is, uh, you know, it is pretty weak this week. Uh, the other guy I highlighted was Taylor Heineke again. He's at Houston this week, so... um you know, the chemistry he's got with those receivers, it's always going to be a run first offense, but he can be fantasy viable there. And I don't know, Mac Jones is a little bit interesting against the Jets, but not crazy. Um, if you don't have to stream this week, I'll just say one more time, you know, you mentioned Deshaun Watson. He's up to 37% uh, rostered in Yahoo formats. That's going to dry up pretty soon. Two more weeks on the sideline and noteworthy, he can return to practice this week. So uh if you want to, um, if you you know, if you're okay with doing that, uh, I think I picked him up immediately in my two quarterback league when I was worried about Josh Allen and his mm-hmm. elbow. And now Josh Allen and his elbow looks like looks like he's going to be fine. You know, I don't again a few classes short of my medical degree, but the word that I'm hearing is that it can't really necessarily get much worse. It won't heal on his own if he's out there slinging it, but it can't really get too much worse. So it seems like status quo for him. So, uh, but Watson was a guy I grabbed in my ten teamer, and I think you know as long as I can. As long as I can stomach it, I'm gonna. It's a two quarterback league, so I'm gonna go ahead and keep him just to block other people from getting him and hurting me in the playoffs. There, push comes to shove. Are you picking Heineke or Russell Wilson as a streaming quarterback this week? I'll pick Russell Wilson as a streaming quarterback. Probably. I don't mind Heineke actually, and possibly over Russell Wilson again if if Jerry Judy's out. Uh, I think you can't you can't go wrong if you are a streaming quarterback, uh, and those are your two options. Uh, again, with Geno sure. Smith out, like you've already kind of had found money uh, in that instance mm-hmm. from a fantasy quarterback perspective. But I think Heineke gets yeah. the Texans. Oh, so I'm, I'm just, yeah, I guess I'm just expecting similar game flow. And, you know, I guess Taylor Heineke threw 29 passes, 17 for 29. Yeah. That's, is that's is it, re- is it really that great? Uh, you know, he's winning and he has chemistry with McLaurin, but uh, the commanders got most of their damage done on the ground here and with their defense. And uh, their defense is an interesting streamer with Chase Young, Maybe like coming them, back yeah. here pretty like soon, so we'll talk about that a little later in the show. I agree with you on that one completely. Um, we'll get to the running backs. Let's take first a word from our sponsors, Blue Wire, again for the video audience. Uh, we'll be back momentarily. Audio audience, stick around. This Rotowire podcast is brought to you by my favorite meal kit, Factor. I gave Factor a try, and I can tell you firsthand, eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every meal arrives fresh, not frozen, and they're chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. Every week, you'll have over 35 different options to choose from, and there's something for every diet, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto, and there are more than 60 add-ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. So what are you waiting for? Get started today and get after those wellness goals. One of my favorite things about Factor is the convenience. We're talking meals that are good to go in two minutes or less. You can fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals, They're ready to heat and eat wherever you are. There's no prep, there's no mess, no cooking, no cleanup, none of that. It's perfect if you have a busy lifestyle and you can't dedicate an hour plus each day to preparing lunch or preparing dinner. Factor is the perfect solution if you're looking for fast, premium options with no cooking required. Factor also offers options for every meal. Pancakes, smoothies, you name it. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, dinner, whatever you need, Factor has it. Factor is also tailored to your schedule, so you can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals each week. Plus, you could pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. We've done the math. We've run the numbers over here. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be both nutritious and delicious. Head over to factormeals.com slash rotowire50 and use the code rotowire50. That'll get you 50% off your order. That's code rotowire50 at factormeals.com slash rotowire50 to get 50% off today. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now 
and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Okay, so from a running back perspective, last week we had mentioned Jeff Wilson. Boy, has that looked good. He looks like he's the clear starter now over Raheem Mostert with both backs acting as pretty good uh, options. Of course, Dolphins get on bye this week, so you'll have to figure out your, your play there. Kylan Hill, not so much of a factor with Aaron Jones playing. Aaron Jones had a fantastic game. Hey, keep in mind, though, this is a Thursday contest. Maybe there's a possibility that Aaron Jones is a little bit banged up from all the workload he got last week against the Cowboys. Kyron Williams, boy, I was upset about the lack of usage from him. We'll see if the Rams offense can turn anything around with Stafford or uh, Wolford, whoever's quarterback. Chase Edmonds, not super fantastic either. Jarek McKinnon doing a little bit more. I mean, if you saw Clyde Edwards-Alaire, completely absent from the box score. Of course, that really hurt mm-hmm. for my stake league team. That was already dead in the water. Rashad White, I tried to get a little bit tricky with Rashad White, and I dropped him one league, knowing that they had a bye this week. Doesn't look so good now because he mm-hmm. seemed to have supplanted uh, Leonard Fernand, who did leave Germany with an injury, and then Isaiah Spiller didn't do much in that Sunday night loss to the 49ers. I think yeah, Rashad Spiller White's was your always pop- more of a stash, but yeah, I think Rashad White's your most popular running back pickup this week if the Gus Edwards of the world and Pacheco's aren't already picked up. But what's your thought on really all three of these backs? Yeah, so um, I think it has to be Rashad White here. He, uh, you know, 64% of snaps compared to 29.3 for Fournette, 22 carries compared for 14. I think uh, this is the first time he got the start over Fournette. And Fournette uh, came away with a hip injury and didn't uh, play in the fourth quarter. Now, of course, he can't pick Rashad right, right up and use him right away. That's the uh, biggest downside of this. But uh, I saw a report from Greg Allman of The Athletic that Tampa Bay thinks that he's going to hold the starting job. So, you know, it, it, it'll be past the bye week. I think they'll let the rookie loose and um, make him a top potential contributor this week. So I'm, uh, I'm looking to grab him. That's probably the first name I type in if I'm looking for running backs for sure. Um, with with the Pacheco part of this game, Clyde Richler didn't do anything. Pacheco fumbled first quarter, and I thought for sure I'll get some Edwards Lair production. No dice. In fact, Pacheco got even more carries. At this point, it seems like it's Pacheco's backfield as the ball carrier, and then Jarek McKinnon as the pass catcher. Chiefs offense is humming on all cylinders. Mahomes is looking like the MVP front runner at the moment. I think Pacheco, if if he's somehow still available, is easily worth a spend your entire fab budget kind of play like this is 10 team leagues where pacheco might Mm -hmm. be available at this point yeah they're they're sticking with him for sure you know there's no denying that it's his third straight start the only thing the weird thing is is that these starts and these snapshots aren't translating to fantasy production but uh i'm gonna go ahead and throw the word yet in there Mm. you know i think he'll be involved a little bit more uh, as things go because yeah he led the way 55.6 percent compared to 6.3 percent for edwards alaire and 38.1 percent for mckinnon mckinnon is the clear passing down back and uh he it's not just the eight targets for mckinnon um you know which is something that he has now repeated it's the pass protection there he's looking excellent in pass protection and andy reed prioritizes um you know keeping mahomes upright and and out of trouble so i think he's uh, you know uh, mckinnon's going to continue to play and he's definitely got pacheco beat in that area and that's going to cost him some snaps but pacheco could see um you know, not that the Chiefs will ever be as run heavy as the Commanders, but I think of uh, Pacheco as a similar light as like a Brian Robinson in terms of opportunity. Now, of course, we don't know if he's bulletproof or not, but um, we don't need he, to find out either. It's yeah, we yeah we don't need to find out either. Exactly, but uh, yeah, so Pacheco has uh, got to be you know second or third uh, guy on, on the list that I'm targeting here, and the other guy that rivals him. Uh, who a lot of people forgot about because of uh, you know you bye know week, the, right? the bye week, right? And that's uh, that's Gus Edwards. Um, I don't see J.K. Dobbins coming he, in. He's not eligible to turn until not this week, but the following week. So, and that would be if he was on the short end of the four week, yeah. as well too. So, I, I mm-hmm. think Gus Edwards is the starting yep. running back for the Ravens for at least the next three weeks, almost mm-hmm. to a month. Yeah, so Gus Edwards is definitely, and he's at an even 50% rostered. So um, I think I'm definitely picking him up, maybe over Pacheco in the in, in the short term here. Um, just because, just alone, this week he's got the Carolina Panthers, who, of course, 
not too long ago gave up five touchdowns on the ground to Joe Mixon. So um, we want to think about Gus Edwards there because he is he he is the guy. So uh, those are the top three names here. There are a couple of secondary names that we can get into as well. Um, you know, new surface about Jalen Warren after our show last week that, you know, there started to be rumblings and he was going to get the start that Najee Harris was going to be benched. And, uh, you know, that wasn't necessarily the case. Um, you know, Harris saw 59.5% of the snaps. Warren crept up to 42.9%, 20 carries for Harris, nine for Warren. The offense is kind of a disaster right now. So I don't know how aggressively you take the lower end of the committee on a terrible, terrible offense, but, uh, the touches are there to be, you know, desperation flex mode if you have to, or, you know. Or anything along those lines here. So um, it was actually a pretty good game for Harris, too. He was pretty efficient. Um, You know, he got 99 yards, of course, didn't couple that with any catches or touchdowns. So, you know, we'll see how this goes moving forward. But Jalen Warren is in consideration. And then, you know. Hold on, just real quick. The the Steelers play the Bengals this week. They actually allow the uh, ninth fewest fantasy points to running backs. Not exactly ideal, but you look at the next two weeks after that, week 12 and 13, Colts and Falcons, mm-hmm. both teams that allow a decent amount of rushing yards, and then week 15 and 16, Panthers and Raiders. Not that you're ever wanting to trot out Najee Harris in the fantasy playoffs or even if you've gotten to that point, but if there is a situation where Harris is supplanted by Jalen Warren, who looks to be more explosive yeah. with the injury, whatever else with it is going with Najee Harris, mm-hmm. that's an interesting one Like from a yeah. deeper stash candidate. So, so like if you can, if you can stomach this, I've I've seen Najee Harris and a lot of trades floated around out there being just thrown on as like a kicker to the mm-hmm. trade, not yeah, even yeah, being yeah. the centerpiece the in the Kyle trade. Pitts. So if you can, yeah, yeah, similar to similar to Pitts, I guess. Yeah, but he's uh, yeah, he's not even the centerpiece of trades now. He's just being thrown on as a kicker by a, by fantasy managers that uh, you know that just want to be rid of it and not have to worry about that week to week. And um, I wouldn't necessarily mind uh, doing that with the Harris owner. I would pick up a share just because of the playoff schedule and see what happens. So that, that's a good point that that he brought up there. Not that um, it's the same level of aggressiveness that we had with Mari Cooper last week where we discovered, oh, yeah, actually, let's go ahead and trade everything we can for Mari Cooper because mm-hmm. his playoff schedule is fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I do think there's an interesting play if you can get a Jalen Warren or Najee Harris from a fantasy playoff perspective with the idea that maybe one emerges as, uh, over the other, I guess real quick, uh, baby Santa asks, do you like fields or hurts rest of season? I know we're changing quarterback conversation here, but this is one that I don't really feel like doubling back to my answer to this is good job on having quarterbacks one and two from a fancy perspective. Fantastic. Yeah. yeah my, I mean, my bonehead cut fields after week four in my 14 teamer because he didn't look like he was going to be anything and I needed to stash extra ones. No, I'd probably rather have hurts just, uh, um, you know, the better think team Justin overall Fields is going to continue setting, uh, NFL records on a weekly basis, mm-hmm. but who am I to? Yeah, to forty points sure. a week is nice, but I just I, I don't I don't know, man. It's it's going to come crashing down eventually. Maybe not crashing down, but he's going to just be be back to earth. Whereas uh, you know, Hertz has far better weapons and is on a far better team. Well, and I guess you could argue that being on a much worse team means playing from behind more and and having to have these crazy games just to stay in games. But um, I would I'd rather have the Hertz side. At some point, a team is going to have to sell out on stopping Justin Fields, the runner, and mm-hmm. I, I want to know what happens when yeah. that occurs. I mean, Fields is such a tremendous athlete. It might not matter. I mean, I, and the Packers play the Bears one more time this mm-hmm. season. I guarantee Fields sets another record then because yeah. the Packers have had for a decade-plus mm-hmm. issues stopping running yeah. uh, quarterbacks. Kyron Williams, real quick, you have mentioned on the list. We have been talking about him for weeks now. Disappointing in his uh, mm-hmm. re-debut, I guess you'd say he did play week one, but he did have more snaps and targets than Akers. I mean, of these running backs we listed, Jalen Warren, uh, Gus Edwards, Pacheco, Rashad White, and then Kevin Williams is by far the lowest on the list. However, most of those guys mm-hmm. are, are close to that 50% roster threshold. Yeah, Just exactly. I mean, I, I bring him up because I think Akers, if you haven't already, can go to your cut list. You know, even if he's getting six carries, it's no real point in rostering someone that's only getting, what, 16.4% of the snaps, which is in, even lower than the 22% that he's had, you know, all year here. So I think uh, I think uh, Akers could be safely cut. And, you know, I, I could see Williams' role growing here, but I don't know how much of this offense I want to really get after. Anyway, um, and there are some other cuts. I mean, Eno Benjamin was a very surprised cut by the Cardinals. Literally was cut by his team, yeah. He was You're literally cut, cut by his team. team. Yeah, exactly. Cut, he was cut by the and, and with uh, this is my biggest thing that I was worrying about going into Lambo this week. Is James Conner going to play? Is he not? Um, the fact that they just went out and cut Eno Benjamin makes me think, uh, you know, one, they have uh, – Keontae Ingram. I Keontae mean, he's Ingram. pretty good, too. Mm-hmm. We talked about him like a couple yeah. weeks ago in James Conner. So, yeah. So they have confidence in the rookie, and two, that must mean they have confidence in the health of James Conner as well. So I don't necessarily 
you know, like him in the altitude a ton against the 49ers this week, Connor. But, um, you know, you know, Benjamin will get picked up somewhere, but he's never going to have as good of a role or he's very unlikely to have as good of a role here. Um, you know, in, in a similar in a similar light there, Naheem Hines just doesn't I don't know, maybe they'll let him get acclimated more, get him more involved, but he just doesn't seem like he's a big part of the Buffalo scheme at this point here. Enough that we knew. I don't know why they haven't figured it out yet, but that's fine. Exactly. Enough that he can be safely left on the waiver wire. And, um, you know, in your shallower leagues, you know, Latavius Murray, his workload's been cut into enough that you could probably let him go. Now, he did lead the team in carries with nine, but he was on the field for less than a third of the Mm -hmm. snaps. Melvin Gordon led the way there. Uh, Melvin Gordon also had six targets, and Chase Edmonds is slowly, slowly getting involved here you know Edmonds only played 19 percent of the snaps in his debut here but uh again you know like I said last weekend and the week before that this is just a mess in Denver you don't need any part of it now um Murray was an emergency bye week fill-in ad that I had uh you know in a couple spots but he's going to be one of the guys I'm going to move on from while I look to pick up some of these other players yeah while the running back position wasn't hot and heavy from a waiver wire perspective wide receiver definitely is we mentioned Cooper Cup placed on in reserve having surgery on his ankle probably done for the season from the Rams perspective uh so we'll talk about that a little bit more and of course Christian Watson and Kadarius Tony plenty of questions Jake about all those guys right now in the chat first word from our sponsor Stad it's easy to find Derrick Henry statistics from the year just quickly search and visit a pro football reference you can see that he's rushed for over 900 yards and nine touchdowns and probably way more against the packers uh this thursday that raises more questions how many other players have hit those marks through nine games how many did how many did it at henry's age to answer those questions their stat stat has your all access pass to the pro football reference database and stat had it can compare up to six player stats side by side to determine who to start and who to sit or you can dig through advanced stats to find the perfect player to add off waivers. There's an array of simple tools that unlock an endless number of search options, all using the same easy-to-use interface that could already know from Pro Football Reference. Plus, StatHead lets you browse Pro Football Reference ad-free. Sign up with the promo code ROTOWIRE for $20 off an annual subscription to StatHead. I love stats overall, so I'm kind of excited for that sponsorship with StatHead overall. And yeah, again, Derrick Henry, uh, 900 rushing yards, I, I would imagine we're going to like triple that uh, in the Thursday game against the Packers. So I mentioned the receivers. Christian Watson, right, a big popular name this week you have cooper cup uh down for the season maybe it's Allen robinson ben skronik you have Kadarius. i mean this is gonna be we're, we're talking week 11 jake this, mm-hmm. this is like spend the rest of your waiver wire on whatever position you might need to identify yeah, kind of yeah i mean if you're sitting there holding 30 40 percent of your budget at week 15 and you're out of the playoffs guess what you ain't using it so uh spend and spend big here i mean uh we since we we'll get back to cooper cup here but since we uh, touched on him already i want to start with christian watson because he's only 10 percent rostered so his availability is just about everywhere now funny funny very funny story with christian watson on that first drive he takes two passes off the hands right yep, easy drop and uh you know i'm going to, uh, to to go heading off to the crown royal line with my future brother-in-law and he's uh he's he's ragging in the in in the line about how Man, he either can't stay healthy or when he's on the field, he can't catch. So what is he doing here? <laughs> yeah. You know, really, really ragging on him. And I said, hey, do you remember when Devontae Adams That's had that, exactly had that perfect, perfect draft profile, but he bounced a pass off his hands to win the Patriot game that year and everybody was ragging on him? Give the guy some time. You know, let's see. And then he scores one touchdown, and I look over at him in the stand. It was a great, it was a good, like, mm-hmm. great over the shoulder mm-hmm. catch, finally, right? I mean, that's the thing we've yep. been missing with the speed he's been exactly. getting. Exactly. He hasn't been able to make yeah. that play. And Rodgers hasn't play. been making that throw, those throws this year either, to his dimes. credit. He mm-hmm. was sharp. He was sharp. He came there, you know, home game. You know, he likes those afternoon games, you know, home game, Lambeau Field against McCarthy. I think, uh, I think uh, he, he, he had something to prove out there. Bit, right? Yeah, yeah. The whole thing got reinvigorated, which is awesome. But anyway, so yeah, drops are sometimes going to be an issue for Watson. But uh, fortunately, at least in this case, um, Aaron Rodgers uh, did not go away from him completely, and he ended up catching four passes for 108 yards and three touchdowns. That's twice as many targets as Alan Lazard, uh, as as any other Green Bay wide receiver or tight end here. So I have to think that, you know, as long as he is healthy and out there on the field, there's some sustainability. Now, Randall Cobb is going to be coming back um possibly this week so we're gonna have to see how that goes and um you know there's still some other guys around there I, I'm, I'm past thinking Sammy Watkins is a threat Duh. Alan Lazard is probably still the number one but I don't know for sure anymore after uh attending this game last week and getting uh majorly hyped about Watson so uh 
Go ahead and, um, you know, we talked about the Rams guys, and, you know, I compare, you look, Allen Robinson, Van Jefferson, uh, even Ben Skronek, who's out on the field for 98% of the snaps, which I looked up, you know, since our initial discussion. I still think Christian Watson checks in ahead of those guys. Maybe it, it, it's tougher to make the argument against Allen Robinson, but after seeing what Allen Robinson has done so far this year, um, you know, you got to put the blindfold on and not look at the name. And uh, Christian Watson probably becomes the number one wide receiver pickup this week and spend it all. So so here's my question to you, Jake, because we're intimately familiar with the Packers. And I, I guess I'm curious, for most of this season, when Christian Watson was healthy, right, the very few snaps that mm-hmm. he's been healthy, when you see Christian Watson in the field, you're thinking he's essentially Marquez Valdez-Scantling, who's now with the Chiefs, right? A deep threat specialist. Rodgers will make that throw. You have to stretch the defense somehow. Mm -hmm. That's been the issue for most of the years that uh, defense are playing so close. You have to stretch the field. Is Christian Watson more than MVS now after this one game, in your opinion? Oh, yeah. I definitely, you know, more than MVS for sure. And what's different is, you know, before the concussions and early on in the season, he was getting designed run plays for him. Mm -hmm. He was getting designed screen plays for him. You know, after that week one pass that he dropped, um, I feel like LaFleur was trying to do little things to get his confidence back and scheming certain things for him. So if he gets a couple plays schemed for him per game, mixed with a couple deep shots, and suddenly Rodgers is also comfortable going to him over the middle, then yes, I think he's definitely more than MVS. So that's my answer as well, too. Is I, I think he's actually already more than MVS, and I'm glad you brought up Devontae Adams this rookie year. And shout out to Gina, my friend, because I remember this conversation very vividly back in high school. I was dogging Devontae Adams and saying how bad he was. And it really, and she's like, no, 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 Devontae Adams might be pretty good. He just had the one bad year with all the drops, whatever else, and developed into what was going to be possibly a future Hall of Famer if he hadn't left the Packers. But certainly Mm -hmm. a top player and receiver at his position. I don't think Christian Watson will ever be Devontae Adams. I don't think he's a guy that's getting 14 targets per game. But I do think he's going to be better than MVS, where you're talking about four catches and maybe gets 150-yard bomb. Mm-hmm. I actually think it's, it, it dates back to the Bills game where they were so upset that Christian Watson left that first game or first play with an injury because they had scheme stuff for him, and you could see him dropping F-bombs when he saw Christian Watson hurt. Like That was clearly yep. in the game plan. This is the culmination. This Cowboys game was the culmination of what Christian Watson in the game plan meant. Yes, he caught the deep pass, yet he had the crossover the middle. I don't think he's getting 10-plus targets. But I do think he's getting enough opportunities where we're not saying this is just MVS for hoping to get a 60-yard catch for a touchdown. It, it's more mm-hmm. than that. I agree with you. Christian Watson is my overall top pickup this week, even over all these other uh, receivers for the yeah. Rams and Chiefs. Yeah, and tw- and uh, Tennessee this year in you know against opposing receivers in uh, PPR bad. formats, third worst. Yeah, and Real then. Bad. And then things get a little bit tough because they got the Eagles and the Bears have been are a little bit better, both top 12. And then there's the late bye week, week 14, we have to remember that. But the Rams, Dolphins, and Vikings are all kind of bottom half teams against the uh, opposing wide receivers. So it's a pretty nice playoff schedule as well. And we just saw Darius Slayton get cooked by Terry McLaurin. Not that Christian Watson's Terry McLaurin, but, I mean, that's the speed threat. I, I just – I'm pretty convinced – that was a coming out party mm-hmm. for Christian Watson. And no, he's not your Amon Ross St. Brad. I've been seeing that. Oh, which rookie receiver is going to do well at the end of this? That's not Christian Watson. That's not going to Yeah, happen. he could be. No, then he has to get 10 plus targets a game. And I just don't see that occurring. So yeah. right. I, I think Christian Watson's fine enough and is my top waiver wire pickup this week, but he's not quite to that level. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about the Chiefs? Because this is going to be really interesting. Yes, exactly. I thought you were maybe trying to keep bringing up Valdez Scantling because of this Chiefs transition here, right? Yeah, okay. that, that and the Kadarius Tony, who had that nice little mm-hmm. deep catch as well, too. I mean, so you have Juju Smith Schuster absolutely wrecked, had the fencing thing we saw with Tua. I think because of that, there's no way Smith Schuster mm-hmm. plays this week and possibly the week yeah. after. So you're talking most likely two weeks, not yep. most likely, possibly two weeks where we don't know who the top receiver mm-hmm. besides Travis Kelsey is for yep. the Chiefs. Yeah, and then we throw out there that Nicole Hardman was a you know was a DNP Sunday with an abdominal injury that I was not even kind of tracking at all because he was one of the guys we had discussed last week. Um, as you know, as someone to potentially add here. So now we're looking at Valdez Scantling at 41% and Kadarius Tony at 52%. I believe Tony had the touchdown uh this week. And um I mean I mean both these guys are interesting here. I, I think I'm not sure. Did you see Tony's touchdown by chance? Um so no, a, I actually it was a, it was a vaguely remember play. It, it was yeah. a scheme play. They were faking the left side and then had Tony run to the right. He was like the fifth option and nobody covered him. So just because he scored the touchdown I don't know if it's consistent. To me, it was that deep ball catch on the right sideline, mm-hmm. and, and you could just look it up. It was a great play, but that's that was what you were thinking that the Giants were going to use Kadarius Tony for as a, a stretching specialist in that regard. And 
I feel much more confident. I mean, it was a, a fake pump for Patrick Mahomes, who then throws it up there. I, I think Kadarius Tony is actually going to be more involved in the offense. Provided yeah, Juju yeah. Tony was the ceiling option, and MVS is the floor option. Because if you yes, look at the yes. uh, the snap share here, MVS eighty three point nine percent of snaps. And Tony just forty five point two percent of snaps. Now maybe some of that is him getting acclimated. He only played seven point seven percent of snaps in his Chiefs debut there the week before here. And of course Tony has maybe even a little bit more of an injury history there. So you know if you want to get your safe seven eight points, I'd probably look at MVS. But if you want a better chance of a twenty twenty five point game, you maybe look at Tony's. And that's kind of how I see that. Both of these guys are uh, somewhere between five and fifteen dollars in your uh, fab budget, or five and fifteen percent, I should say. So uh, the, yeah, those guys are both on the board. On Tony, for you sure. go higher on Tony. Gotcha. Yeah, not so much. I'm not. I haven't seen the Chiefs use MVS any differently than how the Packers do, and I'm not convinced I would be wasting a lot of money on on MVS in that case. Mm-hmm. We mentioned Cooper Cup again, probably done for this season, had surgery on his ankle, uh, high ankle sprain, so at minimum he was out three or four weeks. Allen Robinson dropped the stake league. I'm going to be considering that, but I think Van Jefferson as well too has to be in consideration over Ben Skronik. I, I know he's getting plenty of playing time, but Skronik's just just a really bad receiver mm-hmm. overall. Yeah, Skronik only had like two of his seven targets. Like he's getting looked at a lot, and of course this wasn't even Stafford. So how much do you want to take that into account there? Um, but Skronik actually led all receivers with a 98.3% snap count. Allen Robinson down at 91.7 here. So again, if you want to go with a pretty floor PPR option, Skronik's on the board. Allen Robinson's obviously your high ceiling option, but uh, definitely don't forget about Van Jefferson. Now, Jefferson, only 28.3% of his snaps, but he did catch all three of his targets for 27 yards and a score. He has gotten, in his three weeks since returning uh, from injury, he's gotten 0-5 and three targets. He didn't catch any of his five targets against Tampa Bay. So really, these were his first passes of the season here. And, uh, you know, a guy like Van Jefferson, second round, 57th overall pick, you know, pretty high draft pedigree there. And the opportunity is about to, uh, you know, pretty much be right in his face. So, you know, some of it's going to depend on whether they can keep their quarterback upright. We will see. I have don't have a ton of confidence in that. But, uh, but you know, Van Jefferson's the guy who um, is far more available than Allen Robinson and has a far higher ceiling than Ben Skronik. So he's the guy that's going to apply to most of these conversations. Now, I'd rather have Watson. I'd rather have Tony. Um, I think I'd put Jefferson ahead of MVS because of that ceiling conversation yeah. here. So those are your top four receivers this week. You know, Watson, Tony, um, Jefferson, MVS. But I do want to mention one more guy before we move on from receivers who I think is being disrespected. Oh, yeah. Well, I was just going to say real quick, um, Saints, obviously the, the opponent for the Rams this week. Marshawn Lattimore has missed the last five games. We have no idea if he will be able to play or not. I mean, if Marshawn Lattimore plays, then Allen Robinson becomes less interesting. But overall, if mm-hmm. you have one of your top corners out, it's trickle-down effect. And then Van Jefferson. Yeah, wouldn't out. that be something if you empty like $80 of your stake league budget and then Allen Robinson gets completely blanked by Marcus Lattimore? Uh, I mean, uh, my team sucks anyway, so why not just uh, roll the dice <laughs> it, and continue give, sucking? Right? Give it a go, right? Uh, yeah, all right, so go ahead. I'll, I'll tee you off. I'm a Peoples-Jones. Uh, yeah, I, I know. I feel uh, like I talk about Peoples-Jones every week, man, and uh, the disrespect is uh, is unbelievable. 35% rostered. I mean, what is he going to have to do? Every single 12-team and 14-team league in that is either, like, uh, you know, not counting their friends and family stuff, but is, right. are either official expert leagues or uh, leagues with people that I respect very highly. Peoples-Jones has been rostered for the last several weeks, and I know that's just kind of a narrative-based thing. But, uh, you know, I'm going to read his PPR totals since week four. 12.1, 9.9, 11.6, 13.1, 12one by. 14.9 and you know we talked so heavily about the Amari Cooper playoff schedule and uh Deshaun Watson coming back here so mm-hmm. um there's so many things going in Donovan Peoples-Jones favor he seems to have a very very safe floor now I'm not expecting too many 2025 point games but uh Donovan Peoples-Jones could easily be a wide receiver three on a championship team somebody that you didn't really have to pay much for or maybe you have to start paying for now I guess but you didn't have to pay much more if you'd listen to us a couple weeks ago and uh is somebody that can pretty much be a mainstay in your lineup and get you produ- productivity and um you know that's uh he's basically like he's like last year's Hunter Renfro that's how I'm going to equate that. Maybe Hunter Renfro had a little higher of a ceiling, a little more production, but it's 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 similar. You know, an, an under-respected uh, wide receiver two on a mediocre team. Well, I guess the Raiders were better last year, but, uh, you know, the Browns actually 
decent this year. So uh, no, they're about but, as good as the Raiders. Were yeah, yeah, good. exactly. I mean, the Raiders made the playoffs last year. I don't know if we can say the same about the Browns necessarily. So, um, but anyway, yeah, I see him in the same light as Hunter Renfro now. Again, th- this means that Peoples Jones will end up being like a top eighty player next year and get wildly, wildly overdrafted. But for the rest of this season, I think uh, I think you got to find an asset here. Let's uh, spend some time on the tight end position, which in past weeks has been a little bit uh, less. But you know, I got Cole Komet doing his thing. Zachary's possibly done for the season. There's Trey McBride, Dallas Goddard. You just mentioned at the top of the show. Going to be out multiple weeks for the Eagles. Lots to discuss with that. Before we do so, get a word from our sponsors. Monkey Knife Fight Football is officially back on Monkey Knife Fight with all the NFL action you're looking for. And if college football is more of your speed, they got plenty of that too. On Monkey Knife Fight, there's no sharks, no salary caps, and no math. It's just easy to play. Easy to win daily fantasy player props. Join now at monkeyknifefight.com and you get your first game free. Then use promo code RWNFL to get your first deposit matched instantly up to $100. What are you waiting for? Join Monkey Knife Fight today. All right, Mr. Cole Komet was a feature of last week's show. Thank goodness. Now, what, four touchdowns in the last two weeks? Noah Fant even had some uh, showing in Germany as well, too. Hey, let's first check on David Njoku because he's possibly dropped, at least in bye weeks, at 67% rostered. Um, you have been a huge proponent of David Njoku for most of the season. You've utilized him, I think, in stake league, right, or in a couple yeah. of different leagues? And David Njoku possibly coming back this week uh, would make me a little bit less bullish on People's Jones. We'll see what happens mm-hmm. here, yes. uh, you know, with David Njoku here. But, six, I mean, I've, okay, so obviously you look at Komet first, four touchdowns in two weeks. You can't deny that. Only six, 61% on Yahoo. Similar vein, David Njoku, type his name in, make sure he wasn't dropped, 67%. He's very useful in a barren tight end landscape. So now after that, we need to get into some of the players that um, that are actually within our threshold. And of course, uh, checking uh, drops from last week's bye weeks, you know, where people had to make very difficult decisions. I think a lot of people forgot about how useful Hayden Hurst has been. Mm-hmm. That was a big bye week ca- uh, casualty for many. Eight or more PPR points in five of the last six weeks prior to the bye. And I wrote down that there's still targets out there with Jamar Chase out here. So um, especially, you know, we've seen so many times that Joe Burrow's been under pressure, unable to get the ball downfield. Hayden Hurst benefits from that. Um, you know, so does Tyler Boyd to some degree here, but uh, you know, to Hayden Hurst has to be a name that you check out, yes, you know, just to take behind Njoku and Komet. You know, there's not that much separation in my eyes. But to reinforce your point, they have the Steelers this week. We think TJ Watt will be officially back. He was activated off injury reserve this past week, played a, a limited amount of snaps. Pass rushing specialist through and through, right? TJ Watt will be a problem for that Bengals offensive line. What's he doing, but, man? Didn't he tear his back? He's going to end up just like his brother. Uh, yeah, I don't know. And he came back, and he also had arthroscopic knee surgery as well during that time period. That, he, uh, that sounds about right. <laughs> All right, so Foster Moreau, interesting as well, with Darren Waller, surprisingly placed an injured reserve out the next four weeks. You have a pretty good schedule from at least the tight end perspective, allowing points to the tight ends, I should say, over mm-hmm. the next four weeks with Darren Waller out. How much do you trust Foster Moreau in deeper leagues? Yeah, I mean, I'm definitely backing up my Hurst bids with Foster Moreau bids. I think he's better than the next set of names we're going to mention here. This, you know, again, warrants us talking about him uh, as standalone a little bit. You know, you got Waller on, on IR, obviously. You've got a slot kind of, you know, short short to medium route guy in Hunter Renfro, also on IR with an oblique injury here. So one, there's targets to go around, targets to go around on a bad team that's playing from behind. In a loss to Indy this week, he caught three of his four targets for 43 and a score. So he's involved, and you mentioned the schedule uh, at Denver, at Seattle. Denver defense good overall, but number only number eighteen against tight ends. Seattle number thirty-one against tight ends in uh, PPR here. So uh, definitely some short-term utility because uh, you know we should have mentioned this at the top of the segment. Zach Ertz carted off the field, likely done for the season. Yeah. He was one of the few. You know, his production wasn't quite there with, you know, Andrews, Kelsey and those types of guys. But uh, he was producing more than Kittle, for example. And he's producing more. He's probably yeah, well, definitely. I think he was like five. tight end five. I yeah, think he was tight end four five. or five. Yeah. yeah. And carted off the field. He's going to see a specialist or get a second opinion on his knee injury. But he's more likely than not out for the season and can go on your drop list here. So, yeah, I'm looking for Hayden Hurst first. Then I'm looking for Foster Moreau. Um, well, obviously after Komet and Njoku here. And then we get a trio of names that uh, is a little bit interesting, but I'm not quite as high on. Yeah, so I think one of them is different than the other, and I'll, I'll tee you up for this. Trey McBride, you mentioned Zach Ertz being probably done for the season. Early second-round pick, or like I guess mid-second-round pick for the Cardinals this year. Now McBride has done nothing, and it was a little bit curious that they even chose to take McBride in the first place because they have Zach Ertz. But here you go. I mean, this is a guy that entering – 
entering the NFL was meant to be a pass catcher. I mean, that was the whole thing with Trey McBride, that he was going to be a really good pass catching tight end. And we know rookie tight ends tend to develop a little bit more or take time to develop. Isaiah Likely's, which we'll mention as well, too, mm-hmm. aren't, aren't the normal thing. And I know the Cardinals offense is weird. But if you're talking uh, secondary tight end options, Cole Komet, David Njoku, Hurst being among that group, I'll look Foster Moreau first, but then Trey McBride, absolutely in 12-team leagues, and I think uh, you know, even deeper mm-hmm. ones than that, needs to be rostered and possibly started this week. Yeah, so the concern would be that he only got one target after Ertz went down. You know, Maybe they weren't ready to really scheme him into the game plan to the level Ertz was, so I can, I can live with that. I mean, 14 for Hopkins, 13 targets for Rondell Moore. Hopefully you listened to us on that a couple weeks back. Um but so I think what, he'll expand once they're ready to scheme for him because he was out on the field for more than 90% of snaps, 90.8% of snaps. He just being out on the field is encouraging enough. You know, we'll see what, if any, difference there is between, uh, you know, McCoy and Kyler Murray in, in the altitude they both have to pass. on Monday I mean, night. That's, yep. that's like the whole thing of that offense is that they're throwing mm-hmm. 35, 40 times. And if you have something that's out there, 90% of the set, it's the Greg Dulcich thing, right? I mean, like, I, yep. I don't, I was upset because I think Elbert Equipment was a better player than, than Dulcich. But regardless, if Dulcich is playing and they're passing the way they do, he's going to get opportunities. I think it's the same thing with Trey McBride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dulcich, of course, you know, he let us down this week a little bit, so apologies for that, but still 89% of the snaps here, so I'm not letting him go necessarily. But yeah, Trey McBride, draft pedigree, plenty of opportunity mm-hmm. here, out on the field a lot. Um, you know, he's he's the man there. And then, you know, I noted Isaiah Likely, but he his outlook goes down quite a bit when Mark Andrews comes back, and I think we're going to see Mark Andrews back this year, but Likely is only 22% um, rostered there. And, of course, you know, we mentioned Dallas Goddard. I think the receivers are going to be the ones to absorb most of this for the Eagles. Let me see if we have Philly snap counts here yet. I was just going to say, if you would have told me Goddard done for the year, missing a lot of time, my first thought would have been Richard Rodgers, right? Former Packer that had been with the Eagles for a couple of years too, and was Mm -hmm. kind of critical post Zach Ertz trade as the number two tight end for the Eagles when they were using that offense. Richard Rodgers is on the Chargers and actually – one that could maybe add to this equation too in deeper leagues. Gerald Everett left Sunday's game with the 49ers. And then you had Trey McKitty, third round pick from last year, uh, filling six targets. McKitty dropped a very easy yeah. touchdown. McKitty's more of a blocking specialist anyway. But that's another one too that if Gerald Everett misses that week, you could probably start Trey McKitty given Mike Williams and Keenan Allen continue not playing, be injured, although they're both practicing potentially this week. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That, that's like, that's uh, in your Scott Fishbowl type of leagues where yeah, Trey McKitty becomes a valuable. Yeah, I know. I know. I went to find a, uh, you know, a, a guy or got a replacement here and i don't think you're going to find it on the eagles here got it actually played 100 percent of the snaps yesterday so uh, uh it's tough to get a really good read here but i think they spread it out uh, you know maybe not so much quez watkins anymore uh you know after that critical critical uh fumble but zach pascal and you know Devonte smith you know that might get a little more work so i don't yeah. know enough of the practice squad eligible players across the league but i would be shocked if they don't bring in somebody, they're eight and one, right? And like the tight end is a crucial role for me. It's not going to be Dallas mm-hmm. Goddard. Like that's a, you can't just replace that with some random scrubs. So I'll be really curious to see how that sort of unfolds. And it's unfortunately one of the, the air, I guess, airs. one of the problems of us doing the Tuesday waiver wear podcast is that we don't mm-hmm. have information for Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday that'll be coming out. But we have articles that yeah. get posted throughout the week on the website, uh, highlighting other kind of top pickups that we discover later mm-hmm. on. So just re- recapping the position at tight end. Check on Cole Komet, check on David Njoku, check on Hayden Hurst. Each one of those three has been a factor every time they've been healthy and available and I think are consistent. However, if you're trying to uh, get some depth at the position, Foster Moreau with Darren Waller on injured reserve, and I think Trey McBride are the two that kind of rise to the top, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then I think I'd – you know, just because of uh, Bateman and stuff being out for Baltimore, I think I'd put likely over that big crop of, uh, you know, very risky, not – likely to do a whole lot tight end groups so but but just slightly um real quick go through the tight ends and kickers and i'll start teeing us up for a few trade questions that we have jake because we're all right approaching okay yeah season. i'll make my run uh i never really talk about kickers on this show but in the whole theme of uh picking someone up that was dropped nick folk, nick folk is probably better than the kicker you have on your roster there's at least a 75 percent chance that nick folk is better than the kicker on your roster and he's down to 47 percent on yahoo i actually rostered two kickers for my friend's 14 team league and I, and i said hey you know, you got to keep this person on your or bench Justin this Tucker, week. Or Justin Tucker, who was on yeah. high as well this past I don't week. think anyone would drop Justin Tucker. But well, I did I the guess it's worth, thing, too. Yeah, I guess it's worth a uh, – I guess that's worth it. But anyway, uh, swipe him up or, or go ahead and pick him up if he was dropped. Nick Foles can be your kicker rest of season. Go for it. And kind of the inverse of that, 
Um, you know, Nick Folk was the number four fantasy kicker. Think twice about dropping Jason Myers this week for the Seahawks. He's the number one fantasy kicker. Think twice about dropping Ryan Suckup this week for the Bucks. He's the number three fantasy kicker. Mm. Um, you know, if you can, and there isn't that deep of a waiver wire out there, I would hold on to those guys if you can. But definitely, uh, like I said, there's a 75% chance or greater in your league that um, – that Nick Folk is better than the kicker that you have. So go ahead and do that because uh, you know, it just it just helps. Every little bit helps your team. If you're still if your league is primitive and still using kickers, um, you know, you might as well take advantage of that and make the most out of the uh, expected value at your position there. Um, so defenses, gotta start with the same theme here. Denver Broncos, 56% rostered. If you've watched any Broncos football all year, you know that defense is not the problem in Denver here. Uh, so Denver, who had their bye, um, you know, after the overseas game, they're only at 56% rostered in Yahoo. So definitely go and take a look, mostly because they're home against the Raiders this week. Mm. And, uh, and you know, there's a good chance they could be your starting defense in spots at least the rest of the season. But they're an excellent stream this week. Don't really count as a stream because of their ownership level. But I definitely go look to make sure that they weren't dropped. Um, after that, uh, let's see, you know, I'll, I'll give away the sauce for some of our paywall articles here. Uh, Jerry likes the Bengals and I agree with him. They're at Pittsburgh this week. That offense is a mess. Um, you know, they'll lose a weapon in Clay's pool, Clay, Chase Claypool. They can't get their run game together. They're just, um, they're yeah, just they're they're messy all around. That's, that's yeah. the reason for that. For exactly. Sure. And the other one that stood out to me and, uh, our, our free agent columnist, Kevin Payne agrees with me as well. That is the Washington commanders here. We, you know, we saw them look capable against the Eagles this week. There's a chance, not guaranteed, but there's a chance Chase Young gets activated, uh, pretty soon. And that's just going to elevate the whole defense, uh, you, you know, collectively. And, um, even if he's limited, you know, you can still get him in there to wreak some havoc on some pass rushing downs. We'll see what happens here but they're on the road against Houston this week obviously Davis Mills you know one of the worst offenses in the league uh you know Damian Pierce could possibly run on him a little bit but um I don't know commanders only six percent if you have to stream one I mean Tampa Bay who's on a bye this week uh is the real one that you have to replace right I think Seahawks Dolphins and Jaguars are all probably droppable uh you know for the next stream so, uh, you know, if you're a Tampa Bay defense owner, I don't know if I would drop them, and I'd look to one of those options. Yeah, Commander's been the one that I've been picking up uh, in leagues where I need a defense. Are you ready to answer some questions? We have a, a bevy of them here. Jim. Yeah, let's uh, let's do some quick. All right, here. so we'll start. We'll start first with I think an intriguing uh, philosophical question. So this okay. person has a pretty good roster already set, and they're planning for the fantasy playoffs. Should they get the backup to Saquon Barkley and Matt Breida in case Saquon would get hurt, or do you consider that a wasted roster spot? I mean, it depends what's out there. If uh, you're in a really, really deep league where everyone's on top of it, and none of the and there's no Rashad White, there's no Christian Watson, there's no uh, there's no Tony, there's no Van Jefferson, there's no Peoples Jones, there's no uh, Pacheco or Edwards. Um, then sure, if it's a deep league and that's the best pickup, it's better than holding dead weight on your roster. Um, at the same time, I don't think that necessarily that move might not have to be made this week. Why don't why not grab one of these guys if they're out there and make that move next week or the week after when there's a much thinner waiver wire? So uh, that's kind of how I look at that. Okay, that's fair. I I I tend to be comfortable taking the backups, and I think specifically we mentioned Jalen Warren, uh, but that's a different scenario where. Jalen Warren could actually play, even if Najee Harris doesn't get hurt. So you have some utility, kind of like Khalil Herbert and David Montgomery, whereas, you know, Matt Breida is mm -hmm. never playing unless Saquon Barkley. And do we know for sure that Breida is like the surefire handcuff there yeah. necessarily? Yep. E even then, though, I would probably rather play Rashad White in a timeshare than Matt Breida as a starter. So, you know, what does that say? Yeah, I think I think it's a relevant question that, to be honest, at this point of the year, I hope we don't have to solve or answer, right? Because, like, mm -hmm. there's a lot of people relying on Saquon Barkley, yep. and uh, I was already burned on that. Exactly. Set of Get, up, get anyone upset. There's no real pressure to address that situation right right at this very second, right at this week. All right, so this person asked, should they trade Ramondre Stevenson and Christian McCaffrey for Waddle, again, who's on bye, and Delvin Cook? They just lost Cooper Cup. They still have ETN at running backs. So they're losing the two Ramondre and CMC for Waddle, and they're still getting one back in Delvin Cook. Mm, I think your the theory – Oh, see, no, I thought your theory of taking the best player is where Delvin Cook would go with this. I, I love Ramondre Stevenson. Uh, that's I, I the really I thought do. you were saying I love Christian McCaffrey. That, that, You're going to argue that, that. That's the problem here. <laughs> I still think Christian McCaffrey is a first-round pick in re redraft, and I love Ramondre Stevenson rest of the season. Um, Waddle is going to be a little more inconsistent, and Cook is – Delvin uh, Cook is more inconsistent. I think Waddle's fine, but like – 
there's up and down Cook moments. Could be a little injury prone too here. So, uh, I mean, I guess you can make that same argument for McCaffrey. Dang I'm it. taking <laughs> that. I'm taking that deal. If I have lost Cooper Cup this season, you still have Travis Etienne. All right, this person is five and five. Obviously, a crucial point in the fantasy season. Mm-hmm. Twelve team league. Tua is on bye. Which of these starting quarterbacks do you want to have? Ryan Tannehill, uh, Matt Ryan, or Zach Wilson? Um. Oh boy. Tannehill against the Packers. Matt Ryan just subbing in now, and Zach Wilson against the Patriots. Um. Jeez, Matt Ryan has the Eagles this week. I guess I take Tannehill against the Packers. I don't. Uh, love I think it. that is the correct call as well. Too. They had some other uh, lineup calls, which are more or less pretty obvious. Would you trade Chris Goblin for Alave and Rashad White? They have Leonard Fournette. Um. So the idea would be maybe you're getting the backup or timeshare person in this mm-hmm. situation. Yeah, I think uh, I think Godwin and Alave are kind of a wash a little bit, especially if Jameis comes back for the um, you know, for, for the, the Saints, Saints here. Mm-hmm. Jameis was dialing in on Alave. So, you know, we, we we like to think that um, you know, that Alave emerged as the number one target. Alave was Jameis's number one target when Michael Thomas was healthy. And um and he, you know, maybe he wasn't as efficient and the efficiency has grown over the years, but Olave and Godwin's kind of a wash. And if you can get that insurance for in the form of Rashad White, I, I, I believe I would make that deal. I like Olave more than Chris Godwin and I have Chris Godwin in a lot of places. So that, that yep. seems to be a very obvious right. one to me. I want so to burn through a few more of these here. Um, let's see uh, the, the trading him. So uh, Alan Robinson for Hertz and Tony. They just, they just got uh, Justin Fields. So Justin Fields and Alan Robinson for Hertz and Tony. Do you like that move? They have uh, they have AJ Brown, so they're you know it's to similar to the Hertz Fields discussion before. I like the it's Hertz the and Tony side. Question, yeah. yeah. Okay, so uh, let's see. Ooh, Christian Watson, the real deal. Yep, we talked about that as mm-hmm. well too. How about this last one? Uh, just so we could round up Debo and Mark Andrews for Stephon Diggs. Obviously, Debo losing a little bit more workload with Christian McCaffrey uh, on the 49ers. So Debo and Mark Andrews for Diggs. Oh boy, that's a really tough trade. Again, normally the philosophy is you want the best player, and if that's the case, Diggs, you want to stay put with right. Diggs. But if you can address your tight end wasteland and address it for the rest of the season while also getting someone who, for all I know, could be comparable to Diggs rest of the season, I think I'm, the Debo-Mark Andrews side is enough for me to surrender Diggs. I agree with you as well, too. I mean, that mm-hmm. might be a win-win trade for both people. And we talked about all the tight ends that could be available on waivers. If you're listening to the show, you might have an advantage over everybody else in terms of the Greg Dulcich's of the world and the Trey McBrides yeah. and uh, Foster Moreau. So I, I do think that if you're moving Mark Andrews, the assumption yeah. you're going to get 75 80% exactly. of the production on that. Exactly. Side. Hey, a couple more quick news tidbits in the last you know, 20, 30 mm, minutes or okay. so. Stafford's still in concussion protocol. You know, We're going to have to see what's going on there. Also, we just got one. 19 minutes ago Najee Harris dealing with knee discomfort now it doesn't seem like it's going to prevent him from playing in Sunday's game is what Mike Tomlin said but um you know we'll wait and see maybe uh Jalen Warren can continue to build off of those uh season best participation levels and maybe that knocks him up a dollar or two on your fab bid here as as things roll along all right and one more sneaking in here um let's see do I trade Fields DeAndre Swift and Higgins for Tyreek Hill and Kyler Murray. So Justin no. Fields, Swift, Higgins. Fields, Swift, Higgins. I mean, you, Higgins, you have a couple more weeks without Chase. Swift is only going up from here, even if he's not playing the full snap snap count. And Fields is miles better than Murray's outlook rest of season. I think that's a no-brainer. You keep the Fields, Swift, Higgins. Yeah, I, I get that people are in love with Tyreek Hill, but I don't I don't know if we need to be jumping to that equation. Like yeah, Tyreek Hill's awesome, but like, there's nothing right. that guarantees he's more productive than Higgins. I guess – He's ranked well ahead of Higgins the rest of the year, but you know, eight or nine spots. You if know, so if you're trading for a receiver, it's last week's show icon, Amari Cooper. That's and you don't have to give up a premium like what we're being discussed here. There's multiple questions about Tyreek Hill being trading. And again, with the Dolphins on buy this week, unless you are getting a discount on it, I am not making a move for any of those people. All right, that does it for us on the week eleven edition of the waiver uh NFL Rotoware uh fantasy podcast brought to you by no house advantage we'll be back again next week hopefully giving you some more top wave wear pickups like the receivers this week and answer some of these questions that continue to roll in uh throughout the next couple weeks so thanks everyone for listening